0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Do you realise that the place seems to be under attack, doesn't it? Poor Rachel not getting any sleep. People jamming fingers in gates, was it? Or something of, of that sort that's, that's happened as well. A couple of weeks ago, I tested... Po- oh, you're showing your finger there. Oh, oh look. <laughs> it's like a scene from The Sound of Music, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, in the north building. Oh, always oh, really injured. T- touch and go, this. Gonna, no washing up, no <laughs> nothing of any sort. Um, but sometimes we're under attack, which is why we always pray for these services uh, beforehand. A couple of weeks ago, um, more than two weeks ago, I tested positive, didn't have any symptoms as such, bit of a cold, would have gone to work if I'd been working. Um, but I thought, oh, 10 days, keep away for 10 days, that's fine, I'll be able to do the service here, so I won't frighten Andy or, or Jim. The attack went on yesterday morning. As some of you have noticed, my front tooth fell out, the crown. Uh, but as I was saying to Simon, I went straight up to Simon, who's on the PowerPoint, who's also a dentist, he didn't have any blue tack, but <clears throat> we were just grateful that it's not Thessalonians today, because the <laughs> Andy said, did we not need a spit guard or anything around me here? Isn't it great to be in a church that really supports the old people um, in that way? But yes, hopefully, hopefully nothing else is, is going, going to happen. Um, and I'm not going to have crowning with many crowns as the end one either. I was expecting you to do that, I, but, but you went lower. You, you went lower, yes. Good, good. bit long in the tooth. So we're fast... Write these down. We're fast approaching Easter... And, of course, I have got a spoiler alert for you. And the spoiler alert is, of course, that Jesus died on a cross. But he came back to life, and we'll be celebrating that next Sunday with our Easter services. And this week, the focus is on Palm Sunday and the events leading up to the death of Jesus by crucifixion and him coming back to life. Have you ever thought about why it's so important that Jesus came back from the dead. Well, today we're going to be exploring that question and also look at the narrative of Palm Sunday and of Holy Week. But before we get to the serious part of the service, and this is happening in the North Building as well, I have got three donuts here which need Eating. I'm impressed that nobody has actually leapt up and taken one, because I'm not going to be doing about temptation, or am I? So I've got three donuts here. They were bought yesterday. Um, if you're going to come up and eat one, it will mean that you will be on the screen, you'll be on FaceTube, whatever it's called. It'll be going out to the whole whole world, so if you're a bit of a messy eater, just be aware of that obviously allergies and things like that. So I've not touched those. Three, three donuts, we've got two ring donuts and a jam donut. That's the, that's the messy one. Who, who's, who's going to come? Do, do you, you were looking keen on having a donut. Do you want to have a donut? Yeah, no thing. Yeah, right, there's Jen, the little boy at the back. Always have to, I used to be a teacher, the naughty ones are always at the back. Yeah, oh my goodness. You will notice I didn't. Do, if you want to start unwrapping and help yourself to, now we need two other people, or, or he's got to eat all three. Um, but uh, two, two other people. Come on, somebody, somebody over here must be. Lewis, you're dressed. Lewis, you're dressed as a. Good. Here comes the vicar. <coughs> good. Oh, one, one, two. Oh, no, are you going to be all right to eat that okay. with your bad finger? Are you sure? Thank you. Are you sure? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay funny how the bare finger got better all of a sudden, didn't it? <laughs> okay, so what I'd like you to do, and this is happening over in the north um, as well, just, just have the donut in front of you and have a really good look at it. Are you going to be all right? This is health and safety gone mad. Should you be doing that? Okay, so we've got the, uh, the three donuts. Just have a um, quick look at it. And uh, does it look, look good? Right, okay. You are now, no eating it? Oh, no eating it yet. Just, right, just, just smell it. Just just smell, yeah, how, how is that? Now, everybody out here and in the north is now... It sounds like they're up in Yorkshire, up in north. Everybody in the north building, they'll, you, you can smell that donut, can't you? Even though they, they did that. And look at you. Some of you have even imagined you've got sugar around your lips already because you're... Oh. Wish I'd gone up now, like that. Okay, um, so you've had have a have a smell of it. You, 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 could, you could pick it up now. You could pick it up and feel, does it feel good? Feel like, a, yeah, there's, there's, there's no tricks in this. My tooth's not going to be in there or anything of that sort. The, the, that would have been a good idea. The, um, okay, right, uh, do, do you want to just smell it a little bit? Yeah, okay, right. And now open your mouth, but don't eat it yet. Don't eat it yet. Get, get, it, get it there, okay? If you want to, you could even... So your, your tongue could move towards it, but you mustn't taste it just, just yet. We're going to get so much money on, you've been framed for this, that it's... Uh, we'll pay for this out, outright. Okay. Um, just hold it there. Just hold it there. Right, poised, but don't eat it just yet. And I hope people over in the north are doing that, that as well. So just, just hang on, because I've got a little 20-minute sermon to get through here. <coughs> and... Um, the thing is, people have a bit of... Do people have a love-hate relationship with, with donuts? You, know, you, you love you wish... Yes, yeah. The trouble is, they tell us that they're unhealthy. I think for our mental health, they're absolutely wonderful. The, who, who went for the jam one? Oh, that, that's, that's one of your five a day. There's jam in that raspberry. Four points of cider and you would be done for the day. So, the trouble is, once you smell the yummy donuts, you just cannot resist them. Has it been difficult not eating that donut? Has it been been difficult? Okay. Um, Well, they've done a good job, haven't they? They've done a really good job. Shall we let them eat the donut? (laughs) You may now go to your places, eat and enjoy your donut. Give them a round of applause. They did really well. Um, That's great. See, it's hard to resist the power of the donut, unless you don't like donuts or are allergic to them or something of that sort. And donuts are also that great illustration of the power of sin. For many of us, we can't resist the tempting power of the donut, and like the donut, sin has power over us. In fact, of course, its power is much, much stronger. Before we surrender our lives to Jesus... We cannot break the power of that sin. In some areas of our life, sin will control and it will overpower us. And all that sin blocks us from having a friendship with Jesus. Sin was powerful enough to kill Jesus. Although Jesus was whipped, he wore a crown of thorns, he was nailed to a cross, he was stabbed in the side, none of those things killed him. What killed Jesus was the weight of all the sins of the world, all our sins, on his shoulders. And the Bible tells us that sin crushed and killed Jesus. But the good news is that Jesus came back to life. And why is that so important? Because he broke the power of sin. Sin killed him, but God's power raised him from the dead. But we're on Palm Sunday and so much of that is yet to happen. So let's hear the account of Palm Sunday through our reading. And I think Chris is coming to do that now. Thank you, Chris. It's Luke 19:28 for those that wish to follow it.
1: Thank you. We're reading from the New International Version. Luke 19, verses 28 to 44. And Jesus had been coming up to Jerusalem through Jericho. He had reached out to Zacchaeus. He noticed Zacchaeus in the tree, a man rejected by his community. He then went on to speak the parable of the ten miners and after he had spoken this parable, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he abro- approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying this colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Thanks be to God. Thank you.
0: So today we remember Palm Sunday and that triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, his city of destiny. Now, some of us may remember being given a palm cross or a branch when we went to church, a symbol of victory in pre-Christian times. And the Romans rewarded champions of the games and military successes with palm branches. So Palm Sunday signifies a victory in the making. Though for the waiting crowd, they may not have viewed the full meaning of the victory. In Judaism, the palm represents peace and plenty. But Palm Sunday also begs at least three questions why. Why, in the space of a week, did Jesus go from being the most popular person on the planet to public enemy number one? Why did he ride into Jerusalem on a donkey? And why were there tears his entry into Jerusalem might have been seen as a triumphal entry in some people's eyes, but it was also a personal presentation of the King of Israel in God's eyes. We've heard how, as he approaches Jerusalem, his following grew, and though welcomed by many, he was still criticised by the religious leaders. And the crowd was made up of three special groups in that Passover crowd, were based just at the end of the Jordan, near the Dead Sea at Jerusalem. Those who were here a few weeks ago will know exactly what I'm doing with my handy map here. And we've got, at the top, we've got Galilee. We've got uh, Samaria in the middle and Judea down here. The three sections of our finger represent that. So it's all happening down here. The native Judeans, the people who were near Jerusalem, they were suspicious of Jesus. That's got a lot of S's in it. They were suspicious of Jesus the galileans had followed him they'd come down from there and the visitors from outside of judea did not know who jesus was in matthew 21 it actually said they said who is this they didn't actually know who he was and there was jesus riding on a borrowed donkey perhaps the image reminded them and us of abraham saddling his donkey to go to mount moriah to offer his one and only son as a sacrifice In the book of Judges, we hear of rich merchants and chieftains riding on donkeys. All through Judges, there are 30 sons riding on 30 donkeys. But in Zechariah 9, verse 9, it says this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. It wasn't saying that he was lowly or humble by riding on a donkey. The Pharisees had an issue with the blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord because what designated him as king was because he was riding on a donkey. And for the Romans, this would have been interpreted as high treason. Riding in regal majesty, mounted as kings were mounted. Jesus provoked this demonstration. He chose this mode of transportation. And the crowd hailed him with these words. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. If we could have those words up on the screen, that would be helpful. You've now got to decide whether you are on the right side of the crowd. That's people over here or the left side, and people in the north building decide right or left. I'd like the people on the right just to say the first line, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, and as a response, you call back. We're, re- we're getting ourselves into that crowd for Palm Sunday. We'll just do it normally the first time, we'll do it three times, and you can get as loud as you want by the third one, or as loud as you dare. Okay, so starting over on the right-hand side, we might be able to hear them in the north as well. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. wonderful. Do you feel a part of that Easter crowd, that Palm Sunday crowd now, just in that little little moment? The phrase peace in heaven is important because peace on earth does not happen until you've made peace with God. In other words, peace in heaven. Have you ever wondered why there is not peace on earth? Why there are constant wars? If only the leaders and the decision makers made peace with God first that might be worth praying for this Holy Week, just to have that prayer that the leaders hear the voice of God. The Pharisees rebuke the crowd, but Jesus tells them how what is happening is so great that even if there are no human voices, the stones themselves will shout. Jesus wants his message to get out, and it's made it to Locksheath and and beyond. And we hear how the crowd cried Hosanna on Palm Sunday and ended up crucifying him on Good Friday. And it was primarily the Jerusalem Jews influenced by the priest who asked for his blood. Matthew twenty-seven twenty, it says but the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. So we know why Jesus rode in upon a donkey. It was God's plan. And we know why Jesus changed from being the most popular to the most hatred. It was the influence of powerful peoples of Jerusalem. They did not have peace on earth or in heaven. They were doing everything in their power to halt God's love. They did not want you and I to find out about Jesus, to follow him, to love him, to depend upon him but God's love still goes to all the corners of the world. And the death of his son did not stop it. In fact, it increased the power of love. You see, usually if you take something away, we're left with less. When you took a bite out of your, your donut, you had less left. Perhaps slightly more enjoyment, but you had less of the donut left. Now, this isn't a trick question, I've just got a piece of card here. How many corners can you see on, on this card? This is quite easy. Okay, Four? Four corners, right. If I take something away, if I take a corner away... How many corners have I got now? One, two, three, five. Okay, so if I take another one away, just call out the numbers if you can do the math. Six and seven. You see, the more I actually take away, the more I actually end up with. It's strange, it's strange. But that's what happens. Jesus wants us to know all about him. They thought by taking Jesus away, they'd have nothing left. How wrong they were. Because God's love increases and actually spreads around the whole world. And yet, within the reading, Within the scene of Palm Sunday, there are tears. Jesus was looking for the lost. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And that's a job that we've now taken on for him through the power of his spirit. Our job is to look for the lost. Those who have lost or have never found the love of our Saviour Christ. Those who think that Easter just means chocolate and eggs, rabbits. We're to look for the lost. They're very easy to find. Just open your door. Just open your eyes. Open your heart. And if you're brave enough, open your mouth. And remember what Jim told us about being spirit-filled people. God's Holy Spirit is with us and will guard our words and our actions. And Jesus saw Jerusalem. He might have reflected on Psalm 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be appraised in the city of our God. Beautiful in elevation. The joy of the whole earth. But now the city had become infected The temple had become polluted. The people contaminated with indifference. Jesus knew the potential of his people. He knows what you and I are capable of doing for him. And Jesus wept over the city. A newly appointed pastor was looking out of his study window at the inner city's tragic conditions. And he wept over it. And a member of the congregation sought to console him. Don't worry, after you've been here for a while, you'll, you'll get used to it. And the pastor replied, yes, yes, I know I'll get used to it. That's why I'm weeping. Indifference, apathy, not speaking out the truth. Have we got used to it? Imagine there was a TV game show. Let's call it Come On Down. Three devils are going to be asked to cause the most chaos on earth. First devil comes up and he says he would send a devastating disease to ravage the nations. And the second chose to start wars and arguments amongst people. Both of them seemed likely to win. Devastating diseases, unending war. Mm, That's a winning combination. But the third devil contestant had a subtler plan. It's a winning one too. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to start a disease? No, 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 not a disease because they could find a cure for that. Oh, all right, so you're going to uh, start a war? No, uh, could do, but they'll find peace in the end. Uh, a famine? No, people will provide food. Uh, floods? Uh, fires? No. Well, but then what are you going to do? Well, he said it's about Jesus' second coming. Oh. You're going to stop it. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, it will happen. Then how are you going to cause such chaos? Well, I just tell them to say and do nothing about it. You've got plenty of time. No need to tell the others. You have plenty of time. Apathy and indifference will cause our saviour to weep once more. If you... Even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The way to peace was right in front of them, but their hard hearts would not let it in. And do you know someone like that today? They, they prefer to do things their own way, their own agendas, their own desires, their own strength, instead of God's. Ignore God, ignore Jesus, but now we've got plenty of time. That's their attitude. How many people lead a long life with absolutely no regard for God or his son? They just don't know him. He's a name, maybe, but he remains a stranger. And the king of the Jews, astride the donkey, was a stranger amongst his own. Jesus rode into the city to bring peace. Some people rejected him and declared war. Others said, or did, Nothing. But this was going to happen. It was God's will. It was God's plan. He knew what the crowd would do. He knows us intimately. He knows that at times we will choose to do nothing. And He forgives us. Pilate and Herod five times had declared Jesus Christ as innocent of the charges brought against him and seemed determined to release Jesus. But others said or did nothing to counter those of influence who wanted Jesus dead. And yet there is peace with God for those who do trust, those who do believe in Jesus as Saviour, those who serve. For God can wipe out any painful associations with the past. Times of trouble are replaced with times of hope, but there are still tears from the eyes of Jesus. Jesus has approached his people and is standing outside because some people just will not let him in. His people sound like they know him, they look like they know him, they're even doing religious things for him. Yet there he stands outside looking in and crying. He came to serve, we are called to serve. If we do nothing And Jesus weeps. He knows each of our hearts this morning. So we could give you a choice of ending of that bit from the scripture. Apologise if you look as I'm rewriting scripture, but I'm making the point because maybe he's saying, if you even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes, as the Bible says, or would you accept the second ending? You even you had only known on this day what bring you peace. And now today, you've accepted my peace. Welcome. Wouldn't that be a great ending? So we've had three questions why, and I think I've come up with the three answers. Why did the crowd turn against Jesus? Well, it was the influence of those who did not have peace on earth or in heaven. Why did he ride into Jerusalem on a donkey? It was God's plan. Why did Jesus weep? He knows what you and I are capable of doing for him. So why let Jesus cry? He stretched out his arms to welcome you in. Why stay out of reach? The people on Palm Sunday in Jerusalem, as he rode through the streets, missed four things. I hope that none of us have missed them. The day, this is our day. Our life, our chance to believe in a risen Lord Jesus. Our time is brief. They missed peace, reconciliation with God. They looked the wrong way. Our life is dependent on looking to Jesus. They missed the visitation of God's only son. The saviour is here seeking to save you. Be very clear today is our day for that and for those who believe maybe you've never led someone else to Christ you've never been touched by the fact that Jesus wept for the lost perhaps we need to weep for those who are lost praying that Jesus will become a part of their lives and that they will be lifted up before the throne of God and find peace on earth and in heaven. Let's not do nothing. Let's put the love of the Lord into action and serve those around us. Wouldn't that be a great celebration for the coming Easter weekend? To bring someone to the love of Christ. To stop doing nothing and to do something for God, for Jesus, as an answer to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask the band and the musicians to return at this point as we pray. And the prayer is going to be using our hands, if you're comfortable um, with that. First of all, we look at our hands as they are empty. And we pray for the lost, those who have yet to find Jesus, to receive his love. We pray for those in Ukraine and other war-torn areas, or troubled areas of the world who have had everything taken away from them and, like our empty hands, have nothing. We just pray that something today will fill those hands for them. And maybe we have in mind a a friend, a relative, a colleague who still does not have Jesus in their lives. As we look at our empty hands, During the week, we look at those hands and we think, Is there anything these hands can do for you, Lord, to bring someone into your love, to get peace on earth and in heaven? If our hand goes to our cheek, there may be a tear. We know what it's like to weep, we know what it's like to be so, so sad. We know that you, Lord, wept tears over us. We pray for those who have suffered loss in the last days. We pray for those who cry through hopelessness in a situation. We pray for those who feel alone and they weep their tears our hand goes on our heart we pray for the truth that our leaders will know the truth for us to swear loyalty to our God and his son for us to serve him and share his love and his word just to whoever we meet because hands can welcome or they can shun they can be gentle they can be cruel May we have hands that are serving, servant hands of love. Amen. Can you picture a scene in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday? Imagine a reporter is there and you join me now at a place where Jesus of Nazareth made his triumphant entry to this fine city of Jerusalem, a city of change and of contrast, a meeting place, a trading centre, a crossroads for the world. For surely here all news can travel fast as one looks at the varied and distinguished travellers from all corners of the globe. And what news there was to burst out of this Jerusalem, city of surprises, a city of curiosity, a city of bewilderment. Join me in this tale of one city and its great expectations where things were all of a twist over this man, this Messiah, who the crowd eagerly awaited. Behind me stand the gates through which he came. To all sides, people shook hands, waved or greeted each other with warm embraces. And this friendly city reached out for the one who was to come and welcomed him in. And how did this king of kings enter their town? With armies and guards? No, in peace and humility, sitting upon a colt. What did the religious leaders and rulers make of that? Where is this conquering hero, this king of kings, they said. The crowd all shouted in joy as he passed, his closest friends around him acknowledging the plaudits of each and every man and woman. Soldiers watched, bemused, rumours of a usurping leader scotched by this unexpected entry upon a donkey, that lowly beast that may have borne him to his birthplace in Bethlehem, little more than three decades before. The crowd cheered and shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David, and they laid cloaks and palm branches before him as he rode along the centre of the road, his gaze fixed clearly on the way ahead, his hands holding loosely to the animal beneath him. Here sat a man who healed many who watched, even then, a man who spoke with authority and with power a man who fed the people words of challenge, words of love. The crowd moved around him, a sea of hands and cheering voices hands that could weave and sew, hands that could cook and grow, hands that could greet and welcome or shun. The crowd watched, waited. From within their ranks came voices of discontent, of criticism, of jealousy and fear, hands pointed and jeered. One man washed his hands of the whole affair. Hands that waved became still by people's sides. <coughs> Faces gripped in terror and confusion as Barabbas walked free. Hands are tied. Jesus stands on trial, His sentence by cowardly hands <coughs> that nervously pronounce revenge and send him back through the crowd whose palms are clammy and helpless. Jesus had laid his hands on them and healed them, had raised his hands to bless them, had placed his hands together and prayed for them and they took his hands and nailed them to a cross.